Welcome to the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. Truth and Grace Counseling exists to provide clarity from a biblically informed perspective in order to help individuals engage life faithfully. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. On today's episode, we discussed the new website. It is live. I did get it done. I was a little concerned if I'd get it done by the next episode, but I did. So I'll discuss that at the water cooler. I also discussed how it's a busy birthday season in our household. And I'm curious, what do you do to celebrate birthdays in, in your household and family? In the meat section, I talked with Brad from Reclaiming Madness. We have a pretty neat discussion about being two conservative-leaning clinicians. In the last word segment, I talk about humility and why we misunderstand this word in our culture. I'll meet you at the water cooler. The water cooler. Hi, and welcome to the water cooler. As I mentioned in the last episode, I've been working behind the scenes on creating a website solely for the podcast, and I'm happy to announce that the website is live. It is truthgracecounselingpodcast.com. I'll have Ian go ahead and put that link down there at the, the bottom of the screen there. Super, super excited about this. I've, I've put quite a bit of work into it, and I'm excited to have a little bit of show and tell already. Uh, one of the, the things that I have on the website is the merch shop. So today, my cup of choice is my very own mug. You see here, I've got my own uh, Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast mug. This is for sale right this very second in the merch shop there on the website. Along with that, I also have another show and tell of a cool little coaster there. Um, so Truth and Grace Counseling Coaster, again, for sale for sale there in the merch shop. Um, I have a few other items there for sale as well. There's a t-shirt, a journal, um, I have a tumbler, um, and another just Truth and Grace Counseling mug that I'm working on as well. So really excited about that. Feel free to give that a look. Um, I, I have mentioned there on the merch shop that this is just like everything else I have in my practice. It's uh, 10% of all proceeds goes to uh, Cares Pregnancy Center in Duncan, Oklahoma. So again, you're not just supporting me, you're you're supporting some some women and, and men that um, are needing some help with their, with their unborn children. So um, it's going to a good cause. And Anyways, that I'm really excited to, to announce that. I also have on there, as I announced last week, a section called uh, Good Stuff on there. That's up and live. I have some um, different software uh, trials and things like that that I have for you on there. I have some equipment, podcasting equipment that I think is pretty good. I have some books that I recommend. So give that a shot. I, it, again, it's affiliate marketing. So when you click on that and, and you buy something from there, absolutely no added cost to you whatsoever. Um, but I do get a little bit of a kickback from that. And like I said, 10% of that goes to Karis as well. So feel free to give that a look. I'm very proud of how it's coming out. It's still not a complete finished product, but I think it's going to be a really neat hub there for, for the podcast. So just some kind of uh, extra talk. This is a very busy week in my household. We've had uh, Last week, uh, time of recording was last week, uh, had Valentine's Day, which again, is not a super important 
holiday if you want to call it in our house but it's it's enjoyable to spend some time with with my wife so got to got to have a pretty enjoyable valentine's but what makes this a more busy time is my wife's birthday was on the 18th of february mine is the 24th of february and as i'm recording this that has not happened yet and then my dad's birthday is actually on the 25th so we're just heavy, heavy in the birthday season. I even have a cousin that her birthday was on the 15th of February. So just a heavy birthday time, but it's a really, it's a really fun time. Um, we enjoy just celebrating each other's lives, got to celebrate my, my wife's birthday. And if you know her personally, you won't be surprised that she got chocolate cake for, for her birthday. She is a chocolaholic to to the extreme and anyways it's just been fun to to celebrate birthdays and um just be able to have that little bit of time to reflect on another year in this world and just think of all the all the blessings that we have um i am really excited too that uh, you know i've announced earlier that we're having a having another son um his name is isaac we got to hear his heartbeat for the first time um they, they tried to find his heartbeat earlier and it he's you know he's still i think my wife is now 12 weeks pregnant 12 or 13 weeks so still pretty early on so it's a little bit harder to to find the heartbeat when they're that little but just getting to hear that heartbeat there's something i don't know there, there's something really special about physically hearing that and not to get too far off in the weeds here, but to hear that heartbeat and to think that so many people want to end that heartbeat. That that heartbeat is not a part of my wife. That that is Isaac's heartbeat. And anyways, to to hear that heartbeat and just know that despite how sick my wife is, and um, she is just such a trooper making it through this pregnancy, but just so reassuring to hear that little heartbeat of his that it's almost like he was telling his mama like hey i know you're throwing up i know you don't not feeling good but i'm doing fine in here my heart's just going just fine so anyways just a a, a fun celebrating week for for us in, in our house of celebrating just the, the life of both myself and uh for my wife and then also for for my dad as well um, just a just a fun time now, let me know down in the comments below what do you do for birthdays? That typically we're a go out to eat or or make a, a special meal, whatever your favorite meal is. Um, I haven't even really fully decided what I'm doing for for my birthday now that I think about it. And anyways, we do that get get meal, get a cake or dessert. Or typically, my my dad and I we like to get pies. We both like lemon pie quite a bit. Um, just a special thing that we don't normally do. And then gifts are usually pretty pretty tame um i'm my uh my, my mom's gonna buy me uh octopath traveler 2 um that's a a new rpg that's actually coming out on, on my birthday so um nothing too extravagant but uh anyways just something a little bit different a little bit fun so let me know down in the comments below what what's your family like do you really make a big deal out of birthdays i, I know some families that it's a huge deal you know you throw a big party for birthdays and i know some other families that they don't really do anything it's just hey happy birthday <laughs> and, and then that's about it um so yeah i'm just curious let, let me know down in the comments what what your family likes to do and and what you feel about with with birthdays or or what you do with your your kids for for birthdays one other thing just kind of a a, a 
water cooler type of talk that that we got going on. Um, I am, like I said, I, I'm born late February, so in Oklahoma especially, we don't really know what the weather is this time of year. Um, on my birthday, I've experienced about every type of weather possible known to man. It's, uh, it's well known in my birth story that um, when I was born, it was somewhere around 70 some odd degrees in, in late February. But then that week after I was born, there was a big snowstorm here in, in Oklahoma. It snowed. I mean, if you live in the north, you might not think it's big. But for here, it was big. It snowed something like six to eight inches. And uh, that happened in the first week of, of March. So again, could be 70 degrees. And I've had birthdays like that. I've had birthdays growing up that I was out of school because it was snowing, really cold, had rainy days, had sunny days, just all over the place. But I bring the weather up like that because I've always been pretty warm-natured. Um, I, I generally feel that I would rather be um, cold than hot. I, my, my mindset is I can always put more clothes on if I'm cold, put layers on, um, but there's only so many clothes you can take off when, when it's hot. And in Oklahoma, it gets pretty hot in the summers. So I've always been in that mindset, and I still agree with that. Don't get me wrong. But the older I get, the less I like winter. And it's not just for the cold. It's just it gets dark earlier. There's no leaves on the trees. It's kind of drabby, dreary. Didn't used to bother me as much as a kid. And and particularly when I was in school, I wanted it to snow, so I didn't go to school. Well, now I work from home, especially, so the snow doesn't really even affect that. There's really no benefit for me there. Um, we, we had kind of threats of an ice storm here recently. Thankfully, it didn't. But ice is no fun. You don't get to play in it. Just turns the electricity out. So I, I see myself as, a, as an adult here that I'm really looking forward to late March, early April when flowers are starting to spring up, the, the sun stays out a little bit longer, gets warmer, just can be outside longer. And again, it's not like I hated the, the springtime when I was a kid, but just have really noticed a shift in the last year or so that by this time, by my birthday, I'm really starting to to want spring to come. So I'm curious to hear from many of you if if you're that way as well. If you have had changes in your preferences of weather, if as you get older that uh, you, you see any differences, or have you always been that way? Have you always just been like, let spring come, I'm tired, tired of winter. Or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you love winter. You, you just want more snow or more, more cold and, and don't like the spring. I, I don't know, just curious to hear from you. All right, with all that being said, I'll meet you at the meat section. The meat section. On today's meat section, we have Brad here. Brad is originally from South Dakota. Um, he went to basic training, was active duty army at Fort Knox, was deployed two times. He's a former corrections officer and went to the University of Cincinnati for his master, master's degree. He is married with three dogs. So, Brad, it's great to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I feel like you should be like, come on down, choose the box. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, just shared with this off uh, off camera with Brad. If you've listened to the podcast before, you know this is called the meat section. So I'd like to start off with a very serious question of what is your favorite type of meat? Well, I would be remiss if I said anything other than steak, of course. Now, of course, okay. if you, and if you get anything medium rare, but if you're a person that says that you eat a steak with any sort of sauce, you have serious issues and I could help you, but I would have to charge you double for your delusions. <laughs> I think you would get along really well with my dad. Um, he is the the grill master around. I was raised, I think, very well, was definitely raised medium rare. Um, I've had family members that are like, oh my gosh, you're going to get sick because there's a tiny bit of pink on there. So yeah, we, we don't talk to that much. <laughs> Excellent. So steak now um are you do you go with steak like with say that there's like i don't know steak nacho option do you always go with steak there or um does is it just kind of the, your typical steak dinner? oh okay i mean I, I see what you're saying so i mean it, i guess it would really just depend on like what the option would be now of course if it's uh, tacos of course then it's going to be ground beef or something like that yeah. but yeah, if I see steak tips on like nachos, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd rather go with that. Gotcha. Yeah, it's steak is one of those things for me that don't get me wrong. I love me a really good medium rare steak, just just like you. And that sometimes I'm in that mood that I just love it. But typically with something that is, yeah, Mexican food or something like that, I would rather just go with beef or chicken or something like that. I asked that ever... question because. Uh, because uh yeah have you ever had buffalo i have actually um now we I, I'm, I'm in oklahoma and there is a place fairly nearby here that actually serves uh buffalo burgers and now those are really good oh yeah there you go yeah okay yeah so I'm basically by and large if it's meat i, I probably like it in some way uh form or fashion for sure cool yeah heck yeah <laughs> okay so i think something that's really interesting about about me running into brad and um just other people that i ran into on twitter here recently is just you say the word conservative and mental health counselor psychology anything in that realm and it's like oh my gosh it's the bat signal <laughs> people will flood to you because there's not many of us um no, so we, we wait in the wings in the darkness ready for a call <laughs> exactly um tell me a little bit just about your about your journey sure so um I, as you said too, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from South Dakota and I don't have that accent anymore. When I, uh, went to basic training, I went to basic country, basic training with a bunch of country boys and they teased me mercilessly for this. And so I made sure to er eradicate that from my overall persona. Uh -huh. And, um, so from there, then, you know, as, as you said, kind of I was stationed at Fort Knox and it was very interesting how they, you know, join the army, see the world, um, except for you, you're staying. <laughs> your unit's right down the road. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was a cavalry scout when I was active duty and then deployed six months after basic uh, or after it, yeah, after basic and got to my unit. And then uh, from there, I, you know, my contract ended and I originally wanted to go to school and I did get into UC for business management and marketing. Um, I really loved selling things to people. That's 
that's what my jobs were before I got into the military all throughout high school. Mm-hmm. And while I was good at it, I just, I felt empty about it. I, I was very mm-hmm. soulless. It just had no meaning to me. And so I got out, ended up joining the National Guard for a little bit. I tried to go back into active duty. Um, and during this time um, at UC, I was uh, in the ROTC program trying to become an officer. And uh, during this very small, like, two-month stint, the military got a stick up their butt about tattoos. I have sleeves. This one on my hand is new, but I didn't have that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I have sleeves. And so they pulled me in and they said, you know, hey, we... uh." We don't know if you're going to get grandfathered in because they're they got mm. super serious with the officers with tattoos. They were saying like you couldn't have any below the elbow. And um, so I, I, I pulled out and I didn't join the reserves. And then a month later, the military was like, ah, never mind. You can have all tattoos you want. So <laughs> but um, yeah, in the reserves was actually more where and um, I where I started to begin to develop my leadership and, mm-hmm. and, and actually become more capable. I, and it's something I wish I would have done while I was active duty. Cause when I was active duty, I mean, honestly, I was just a punk 18 year old kid and who, you know, first time on his own complained a lot and uh, uh-huh. looking back, I'm just like, God, I, w- I would have punched me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, and I'm, I'm super grateful too, for that experience though. Because if it wasn't for joining the National Guard, or not the National Guard, the Reserves, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have met my best friend. And my best friend, I owe a lot to who I am. And he Mm -hmm. really helped me develop as a person. Um, He got me out of my affliction shirt and bedazzled jean phase. Um, (laughs) You know, a lot of who I am, I owe to him. And, but it was during um, my, on my second deployment with the Reserves, is where my best friend tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, is is unsuccessful. You know, he's 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 doing very very well right now. He actually lives right up the street. He, wow. He, uh, he he's about to have another baby, and um, so it was there that I started to kind of find out that and think that a lot of people come and talk to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just because I'm not as vertically gifted, so I'm not as intimidating, and maybe maybe I'm just easier to talk to there. You know, uh-huh. what what it is but i started to notice it then and so from there after i got out i um you know continued doing corrections but uh, any desire that i had due to just politics of not only police work but from the reserves it just took away any desire i had for law enforcement so Mm -hmm. i didn't know what i wanted to do and about three months after my second deployment uh, I got a call and my cousin who was active duty air force, uh, did complete suicide. Mm. And so, and then, uh, to the, the cherry on top. So my sister who is uh, seven years younger than me, she's active duty air force. She got stationed where he was at. Wow. Like right after. And, but it was, and it, it is why, it, why I very much my foundational work. If you ask any therapist, you know, where's your home? And a lot of them will mm-hmm. be basic and be like person centered. And I'm like, eh, okay. Um, but for me, that's why I love logo therapy. It's finding meaning and suffering. Mm-hmm. And it was at my cousin's funeral that I really, the light bulb lit of, I didn't want families to have to go through this type of yeah. uh, pain. And I didn't want people who are going through that kind of headspace to continue to do so. 
And so what can I do about it? Yeah. And so I re-enrolled at UC and my first intro to psych class, I was, I was hooked within the field. And so then I got my undergrad at UC in three years. And then I selfishly applied to UC and only UC for my grad program because I didn't want to learn layout of another campus. <laughs> and um, everything just lined up. I, I I went through the interview process and I got accepted. And so I, gra- I graduated, had the summer off and then um, started grad school. And in grad school is where I actually um, started to get into politics. I, I was not into politics when I was younger or anything like that, or even when I was in the military. And the only reason why I started was because small, simple facts that I knew, like women do not make 70 cents to, to the dollar, were still being taught at a master's level program. Yeah. And I started to see things infect our work. Mm-hmm. And from there, I started getting into politics. And then... Now we're here and just trying to, like you, be another voice of showing, hey, you know, there is, there are conservative mental health workers out there, but, you know, hey, we're, we're kind of getting shunned. Yeah. Due to, hey, we, we might have a different, it might even be, hey, I just have a different belief about how you should treat that person. Right. How you should, how she, how how you should go about, you know, offering services to them. Yeah. I, I I appreciate that story because it's um you know we we we've ended up at similar um similar spots in life but our path has been uh, quite a bit different and in my situation um I went straight from uh from undergrad straight into grad school and when I say straight mm-hmm. I literally mean I graduated on a Saturday and I started on a Monday. Like it was wow. immediate, no break. And it was good. Like I, I had a, a fairly enjoyable experience. And this was, I graduated in 2013. So, um, you know, it's not like it was forever ago, but it's, it, politics wasn't front and center every second of your, of your day, uh, quite like it is today. Yeah. And during that time frame, I would consider myself conservative, um, at, at least m- as opposed to liberal. But I would say much more. I was apathetic. I just eh, yeah. Everyone sucks. <laughs> Let's just go on through <laughs> life. And I think that because of that, in that moment, I didn't really have some of this confrontation. I wasn't really used to being that alternative type of thing. I was just like, eh, whatever, let's just go through life. That now that I'm here, I'm like, oh gosh, like I can't just coast anymore. There's no just middle way, just keep your head down and move on when you have to pretend that a, you know, that a, that a male's a woman, like, no, Mm. I, I, I can't, I can't do that. And that's where, you know, I can't give you an exact date, but within the last three, four years or so, I'm like, no, I can't just be quiet. I I, I can't Mm -hmm. just wait for this to pass because it's not going anywhere. Which is a terrible thing too, because we've gotten so far away from just being able to disagree Mm-hmm. And similar to, uh, I, I know that you said that you, you talked with Pam and I said kind of the same thing with her that at what point is it go, I, we're getting 
we're getting so far away from it that is it going to be like, oh, you like PlayStation and I like Xbox? Well, you're canceled from my life. Like our dis, we can't disagree. We can't have civil discourse. We're trying right. to even come to some sort of middle ground now. Yeah, no, I, I, you're you're spot on. And one of the big issues on that, I think, and and Pam and I had this conversation as well. That okay, the the typical liberal conservative, um, let's just say, 30, 40 years ago, we have the same goal in mind, but the path we want to take is different. And that's Which where that civil okay. discourse. Yes, it, it, absolutely. I think the issue is is we're not even on the same course anymore. I, again, if we can't tell boys and girls anymore, I mean, what do we have in common? And that that's scary. Yeah, I think that you make a very good point there, that common ground. And something that I think is a big part of that is that faith and spirituality mm-hmm. is missing from kind of the heart and soul of uh, most Americans yeah, um, and, and most people in general. And even if somebody says that they are, they have some sort of faith or spirituality, they're not really connected to it. They, they yeah. act like it's just part of a stat of their baseball card. Yeah. Um, and, and a big reason why I believe that is, is I have a very good friend who is, he's very much on the liberal side, but we're both Christian mm-hmm. and we, we both can get along and we're cool and we can, come together on that common ground and say, Hey, we still disagree on other things. Yeah. But, but you have that in common and not just, yeah, I, we have, we like the same baseball team. That's, that's still common ground, but your spirituality, that is, it goes deeper than that. That's a part mm-hmm. of who you are. And mm-hmm. as long as we have this almost religion of scientism, um, that, that, I mean, there are people that I think I, I say this somewhat jokingly, but really seriously, they would view Dr. Fauci on almost like a prophet type of level. And that's yeah, that's that's not healthy. And I I, uh, I, I actually did an episode on this it's a shameless plug um, on my <laughs> channel. But uh, I and while I'm not saying that it, I believe it's going to happen, just the comparisons of how Rome fell mm-hmm. and how their leaders, they would put they would put some of them at this demagogue type demagogue type level that they would worship them, that they were the ones who would control everything and put them at them those levels. And that's what we are doing with a lot of politicians and particularly yes. those who are not politicians and shouldn't have been politicians or be given that power. They're just placeholders, but it, it's eerily similar to how a lot of the things that are going on in America are mm. very similar to how Rome fell. I've heard that comparison before. I'm talking, you know, 15, 20 ish years ago. And I was always like, yeah, I mean, there's some similarities, but okay, you know, we're, we're in this modern era, we're not Rome or whatever. At this level, I don't see how you could disagree with your assessment there. I I think you're spot on. And the question is, what, what are we going to do about it? Um, Are are we going to have a nihilistic type of standpoint of, well, we're screwed. Let's just sit back and, and see it happen. Or are we going to act? Or are we going to try to do something? 
I would say that I think that we we are getting more gear, gearing more towards that hedonistic and, and groupthink mentality, that mm-hmm. very tribalistic. Yeah. And even even on the conservative or Republican sure. side, I mean, it, we can get caught in that trap from time to time. I mean, even look at the I don't know if you've seen it, but the recent debacle between Stephen Crowder and Daily Wire. It, yes. So yes. Um, we even have those offshoots. But I would say that it's the best thing that we can do is still hold our opinions and try to change the minds of people or at least get them to see the other side, still say why we believe these things. Cause if we just stop and try to build a wall between the other group, we will continue to get nowhere and continue to just drive the wedge further and further. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, on that, I've been beating this drum pretty loudly lately of just the absolute necessity to get out of that silent majority type of mindset. Um, I think it was a bad strategy from the get go, but now it, you, you just, you can't, you can't just sit there and be quiet. And again, you don't have to change your personality. You can, you can be nice about it, present your mentality. Um, they may call you a bigoted loser or whatever, but say something. And, and then from there, once you've said your part and they do whatever, okay, you, you did what you could. You, you can't save everybody, but say something. I think that the other the part where it's become particularly where it's kind of, and I, and I'm drawing just a lot of comparisons to my conversation with Pam, because it's making, Mm -hmm. making me think of some of the things, but I I said to her that it almost feels like conservative is conservatism is becoming the new punk rock. Mm -hmm. Like the, it's the outcast. It's the side only like the, the weird people are doing that, but it's (laughs) it. I, the thing that where it's becoming difficult to speak out or even have an opinion these days is because people will now go for your job. People yeah. will now go to your family. People yep. will try to swat you. Normal yep. people just for having an opinion. People will even people have gone to the lengths of saying that if you support a video game, then you are hurting this specific demographic of people. Yep. Just because I yeah. buy a video game. And, and so that's where it's become so difficult to speak out. Yes, when you want to, right. but not everybody has that luxury. Sure. Sure. And, and that's actually something that um, I've had to rethink a little bit. Um, I won't go too deep into this, but uh, uh, had a, you know, we were talking off camera. This is very new to me being out in the, the online space and um had a video about pronoun stuff i stand by everything i said in it um as far as the um the meat of the matter um the approach um going for more of a light-hearted type of feel and it got taken up by some local um local activist and again i'm in oklahoma uh, southwest oklahoma rural oklahoma about as conservative as as it gets and even here like that wow outrage and it was at that level like if i'm a if i'm a crowder type of person that big um i i probably would just say forget you but i'm at yeah. that level of like okay do i is this the hill i want to stand on mm-hmm. um on the issue of pronouns and gender stuff yes i will stand on that 
on the issue of a goofy video, no, <laughs> I wasn't willing for, for that one. So I've really, I've realized kind of what you're saying there. Yeah, I need to speak out, but um, let me kind of be like a boxer here. Let me be a little strategic in how, what punches I do throw um, instead of just trying to throw haymakers because that's yeah probably not going to work very well. Very much so. I mean, even even on my channel, I think that you and I are kind of taking that similar approach just in, in different formats. Yours is to be more lighthearted and maybe mm -hmm. um, be a little bit more funny. Um, mine is like I try to at least come together, come to a kind of unifying voice, even though I will outrightly make a joke or do a small yeah. jab at the other side. At the end, I still try to do a kind of unifying message. Sure. And but but like what you said too, um, being such a small fish, but yet somehow I'm such a small fish, but this person can pick this up and try to do something with it. I mean, yeah. my first um, TikTok uh, that I had, I was only at like 2K, and like every video I posted, it like uh, after I hit about 2K because it actually started because uh, when What Was a Woman came out, the documentary, mm -hmm. I did a highlight reel of Jordan Peterson from yeah. that. And um, it got a lot of views. And from there, it was like I would, I, I remember the first one I, I did was I did like a black and white just photo or a video of Joe Biden. And I did like the overlay um, audio from Jaws, like black as doll's eyes. <laughs> And it said it was bullying. And uh -huh. from there, it was like everything I posted was it had an issue. And then eventually yeah. I like I, I woke up one day and I checked and it was just gone. No warning, no nothing, mm -hmm. just completely gone. Yeah. And stuff like that will kind of kill your drive for trying to speak out about stuff. Right. Right. And, and that's kind of pivots a little bit, changing subject just slightly that, mm -hmm. well, Changing other people's opinions, um, uh, putting your stuff out in the public square. Again, it's very, very important. That's why we're doing what we're doing. I will say if you are listening here and like, well, I don't want to do a YouTube channel. I don't want to make a TikTok. Fine. Um, yeah. Focus on the people that are around you. If that's if you're a parent, number one is going to be your family, going to be your kids. Um you know, your neighbor across the street, they matter. I'm not going to say don't talk to them. But mm -hmm. if your kids are listening to those people on TikTok and or they're going to school, hearing all these things, like take care of them first. Um, really focus there first because that's going to have a much bigger impact than, yeah, just throwing that YouTube video out there. So, yep. um, yes, I'm glad people like you and I are, are, are doing this, but don't feel like you sitting there, well, I... I I better get my camera out. I have to do this. No, you just need yeah. to talk. And trust me, you, you probably don't want to do this. It's a pain in the butt to start and get set up. And, <laughs> and then yes. you start to learn about lighting and angles and all of that. But, yep. but no, I, I, I while I say that jokingly, I also agree with you from the sense from that perspective. And, you know, it's it is very important. Even when I run groups, I talk about this. of Surround yourself with people who want the best for you. Yeah. And I get I go a little bit more fierce and you you might disagree with this at this point, but um, I actually speak out against like if you have. Yes, you might have an immediate family member, but if they are not productive in their life, mm. throw them a life raft. Sure. Try to help them. But if they 
if their ship is going down and they're not doing anything about it, or they're creating a hole in your ship and dragging you down, well, one person alive is better than two people drown. And I don't care if it's a family member or if it's a friend of 20 years. If they're not good for your life and from a very productive standpoint, kind of got to cut them out. It's the whole concept of boundaries, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you you can keep throwing that life raft out, like you're saying, keep doing it, keep doing, keep doing it. But you're right. That's and and, and in a very literal sense, um, that person that's drowning, they're very, very dangerous. Like they, they will pull you down and could very well kill you in a literal sense. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, if you or, or you've seen anybody drowning or tried to help anybody drowning or seen that, but it's, you're going to, they're freaking out. They're not going to listen and they will grab onto anything. I mean, when, when lifeguards are taught to go out and, and swim to somebody, they actually flip around to try and like help because then they can easily get away because that person could more easily latch onto them and just take them both down. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, that's a perfect metaphor there. And it's where I, I always tell my, both my clients and, and anyone in my, my personal life, um, you you have to read the room. You have to know your situation. Um, if I tell my um, my one year old who <laughs> funny story today that uh, um, I, I was taking my daughter out to go take out the trash together, and we come back in, and my son um, had taken his diaper off um, by himself, and he's sitting there with poop everywhere, no diaper. I wasn't particularly thrilled <laughs> of walking into that. And I could say, well, you know what? He's not providing well for me right now. I better just get rid of him. Get rid of the whole child. <laughs> exactly. Now, obviously a ridiculous uh, yeah. example there. And, and in therapy, I often use my kids as examples because they are ridiculous examples. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you have to know the room. You have to know what is this relationship? What is the problem? What have I done to address it? When you get that whole picture and yeah, time and time again, I'm throwing it out and they're dragging me down. They're not dragging me, me down. Boundaries that they have to be there. Absolutely. You have to you have to sit them and you have to be assertive because if you are not, you will simply get walked all over in this world, not only with your family, with friends and job yep. and everyone else in life. And it's uncomfortable, but it is be- it will benefit you in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just speaking of a, of another personal experience on the um, professional fronts, talking about boundaries, um, I, I'm, I'm posting these on, on YouTube and actually uh, with, with Pam, we talked about this and I haven't had, um, I've got a buddy that's uh, editing these for me. So maybe he'll do me you a solid and soul. help me. <laughs> I do all my own editing and I hate I- it. Uh, that's why I had him help me because I'm that same way. I was like, I'm not going to make it if I, if I have to keep doing this. Um, so, uh, anyways, we're, we're talking about, um, the, the, the good old jab or whatever we want to call it to not get kicked off YouTube, uh, the, the thing in, in your arm. Um, and that's something I ran into, um, at, uh, I worked at a local hospitals doing group therapy and, um, I knew fairly early on, I, I kept up with COVID stuff from, from the get-go. Um, like I was that person that if 
somebody told me some statistic and they're off like no like i i got it i was checking the numbers every day um i was looking at like here's mask mandate stuff and it's like well the numbers aren't changing like it's the exact same over mm -hmm. here why are we doing this and uh, anyways when the whole uh shop mandate stuff started coming out um it's like i'm young i'm healthy i i'm not going to do this i i, I was very sure on that and some people disagree with me on this, but I also, I, in fact, I talked with my pastor. Um, it's like, hey, what do I do here? I didn't go for a religious exemption. Um, I, I think I could have in the sense of a conscious type of issue. I think I might have been able to go more in that end. But I mm. looked at myself like I've, I have other vaccines. My kids have some other vaccines that wasn't my primary reason to not get it. So I was basically saying, you're going to have to fire me. And I ended up because there was the Supreme Court thing that got, there's an injunction. So with timing, mm -hmm. I ended up getting another job. If there's one regret that I have, it's I wish I would have been fired. Um, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say I'm just going to resign. Um, but the, the timing of it got a really good offer. And it's like, I, I got to take this. Um, no, you but, have to. Yeah, yes. And anyways, I, I, I say all of this, that 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 was kind of my big professional boundary moment of like, no, I'm, I've been a good employee here. I've done nothing wrong. Um, I'm not going to do this just because you tell me um, to, to do it. And unfortunately i feel that the longer this is go this goes being proved more right every single day of not not doing this uh and, and i just see this as being a problem for honestly probably for the rest of our lives of, of there being some type of fallout from these policy um, positions oh, yeah. no absolutely it's going to be fascinating and i say that not necessarily in a good way yeah. but in 10 years what we will see with the data I mean, everything from what the um, the vaccines will do to the impact that it has had on those not vaccinated to the impact of the development of children. Yes. Yeah. They, they've even they've even had some preliminary studies thus far that they're showing that children are not developing properly at young ages yep. because they saw people masked for two years and two important years of their life that they can't recognize yeah. uh, facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, that that was that that is that's a great point. I'm really glad that you brought that up because the presentation and even to this day of mask mandates and such is well, that's different than the shot because you're not being harmed, right? You're it's just a cloth mask or whatever. There's no harm there, and it's helping save people. Forgetting the save people aside. Um, that no harm part you nailed it right there that 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 alone forget any other health issues but that developmental very anecdotally but my daughter was was born in 2019 i mean she she was she was a covid baby and seeing her at doctor's offices and stuff which we've never put a mask on her i, I refuse mm. i I, I will get arrested that that's a line i'm not putting that on my daughter um but we would have it on at the doctor's office or whatever. And she's one or something. 
she grabs right for the mask, puts it down because she wants to see our lips. She's trying to mm -hmm. develop um, her, her language skills. And, and I had that exact thought just anecdotally then. I was like, what, what's happening to these kids that haven't seen their parents' faces, haven't seen other kids' faces, um, haven't been around other kids? That can't Think be Think about good. it like like even from like I mean, we've all seen the cutesy videos of like the dad who has a beard and he shaves his beard off and the kids yeah. see them for the first time and they freak out. Yeah. It's the same thing. And, and, and that's a whole aspect of um, kind of tying back into more of the, the conservative um, view on in psychology. That is a whole field, a whole problem that it's like you're not even allowed to even discuss that to even to sound the alarm in 2020 for sure. You definitely can't say that. That's a problem. That, that's a, that's a really big problem. I think that, that that'll it'll be interesting to see how long that will be the theme with things of you can't say that you can't talk about that anymore. And it's it's becoming very disturbing. I mean, even when we've seen uh, with Jordan Peterson and um, what they're trying, they're trying to take away his license for having yeah. an opinion on social media. How long until that happens to conservative uh, you know, therapists and mental health workers in America? Oh, we saw your tweet. Uh, somebody reported mm -hmm. you for your tweet. Yep. So, but I, I still think that it, it holds true that we simply cannot bend the knee and cannot continue no. to do so. We have to continue to hold values. And, but that's a, a, an issue I do have with the, with our side of the aisle is that we can't agree on, we can agree on a lot of our foundational values, but we're not really on the same page of what hard we're not, we're building our house on sand and set up rock with some of our values. Mm -hmm. And so we're not unified on that side. And I think that that's where the left wins on a lot of things is it doesn't matter. Even if they might disagree a little, they're still unified on what those, those values are. Yeah. And so well, we have to continue, we have to figure those out. And, but we also have to be smart about how we continue to express those. Yeah. No, that, that that's a really say, good point. Well, you're a libtard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, that's something that uh, my my wife and I talk about fairly often. Of the kind of the I just want to um, shoot my gun, drink my beer, and that that type of conservatism. Um, we can that can't be the foundation of just f off leave me alone like there has to be more depth to mm -hmm. that because you're right yeah i can just yell and scream get off get off my property and no way wrong i don't want people on people's property or or that those i mean i i own firearms myself like a, sure. those aren't bad things but that is not the foundation um that it i mean the government can easily take that stuff away, um, but they can't take foundational truth. They can't take truth away. And, and if that's more so where your foundation is and not just on kind of having the ability to do fun things, um, that that's a whole lot deeper. I think it really relies on knowing who you are. And that's uh, when I first get a new client or, or meet um, a new member of a group or whatnot, I 
generally always ask them that question and I say, you know, who are you? Mm. And for a lot of people, they try, if they don't have an answer right away, they try to answer with, you know, I, well, I'm a, I'm a dad and I like long walks on the beach and I'm fluent in sarcasm. It's like, no, no, no. I don't want your Tinder bio. I, <laughs> you know, who are you? And it's a very difficult question to answer yeah. because you have to truly think of well, who am I? What is, what type of person am I? What are my morals? What are my values? What do I truly align with? And you have to start there before you can go out and try to either try to change the mind of others or judge others for whatever their views are. What is, what is that? Yeah. The ju- view examine the, 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 the branch in your own eye before you judge the twig, uh, something like that. In oh, others. the, uh, um, the, the speck in your, or yeah, the log in your eye, plank in your eye, the speck in, oh man, we're, yeah, we're really, we're close. <laughs> I'm hurting right now, but hopefully your viewers will, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm picking up what you're wearing. So, but yeah, Show that, the that. human element. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that's a really good point though, that, um, we need to be, we need to be very wise. Um, and, and as a, as a movement, um, again, finding that foundation and, and I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw conservatives under the bus too, which mind you on this show, especially I'm going to be far more likely to throw conservatives under the bus than liberals because, you know, there's so many basic things you can go go watch what is a woman or whatever to, to find some of those. And, and don't get me wrong that what is a woman, all those things are fantastic. Um, yeah, but great we documentary, to... but we still have to be able to judge those within our own side and can't act like they're, they can do no wrong. Absolutely. Yes. And, and talking about that kind of sainthood of political figures. Yes, that happens on the left, but happens here too. Um, if you think if you're on the conservative side, like, well, you know what? I, I voted for for Trump in 16 and 20. I did my part. Hands are clean. I didn't vote for Biden. We're good. Like no. <laughs> it's so much deeper than that. And honestly, throw mm. the political landscape of who you voted for all that throwing throwing that away. Philosophically, where are you? Spiritually, where are you? The, these are very important questions that go far far beyond the ballot box. Is your house your home? That's yeah. a good place to start as well. If your house is not your home, then how can you, your, all the weight that you try to carry throughout the day and including the weight that we have to carry and the weight that we don't need to carry, you're going to bring all of that to a place where you cannot unload or relax. And you really yep. need to figure out and make your house your home. And that is how we can, how we continue to go back and build communities and, even though I am Christian, I, I, I think that kind of similar to being able to judge those within your own side, I, mm-hmm. I feel where even Christians we kind of lack at, because if you look at the Jewish community, they're very, very good at the community aspect. Mm-hmm. Everybody takes mm-hmm. care of the, and everybody in the community comes together. Yeah. And so yeah. if you make your house, your home, you can at least be a part of, Hey, you know, that person seems they got their stuff together. Yeah. And if you are a regular, I don't know if I can curse on your, on your thing. So I don't want to like, but I was gonna say, if you're a regular <laughs> dude 
and, and somebody sees that, that's something that people can actually believe in because you're a real person. Then they say, hey, he's got his stuff together. Yeah. If he can do it, I can do it. And it makes it real as opposed to just watching while I find them incredibly valued, you know, some motivational speech on YouTube at, at least emboldens that and makes it real in your own life. And then you can continue to spread that out. Yeah, that absolutely. That That's something on the community angle. Um, my wife and I, uh, for various reasons, I won't, I won't get too much into this. We, we switched churches is actually in the middle of COVID and um that community aspect has been so incredibly important um i have not been in a church before to where not just hey here are uh here's the pastor that i know i can talk to like most churches have been in i've had that but not only during the uh you know during the the whole mandate issue not only did I know I could talk to my pastor, I also had that confidence that he's going to answer me quickly. And it was like that next day or day after that we're having breakfast and we're 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 into this. Um, wife is pregnant right now. She has awful pregnancies, sick basically the whole whole nine months. Mm -hmm. And we've had women from the church helping clean, giving us some, um, giving us meals, things like that. And again, just not just them doing that. That's nice. But that confidence of yeah. they will and you they want to, they want to exactly. You can't replicate that. You can't fake that. Maybe you can fake it for like a day, but true community, it's it's there and it's always there. It's always present. And it goes both ways. Um, we, we can go and, and help move pianos and all, all, all the all the fun stuff like that. Um, you cannot understate the importance of community. Incredibly important. Yes, absolutely. And if you what is it? it's a similar aspect, at least from my perspective, that I try to look at it, too, is how they say, you know, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, it does. And a lot of people think that it might 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 even hear us talking about this and say, well, that that's a, that's a lot of work. And, and you know, and, and it is. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, because similar yeah. to figuring out who are you, it's also what is your meaning in life? Mm. What is your purpose? That doesn't have to be a big grand production. A lot of people think that it does. It simply does not. You can have several different aspects of meaning in your life. Yeah. But if you are start with the basics of knowing who you are and say, you know, Hey, doesn't take a lot to be a decent person. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good spouse. I want to be a good brother, a good friend that can mean something to you and be a part of your meaning. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of a, a conversation I've had with a, a buddy of mine, um, several times of with, with marriage and having kids, especially, these are two that come up, um, start with just marriage. There is nothing harder than being married. It's, it's just, it's incredibly <laughs> hard. And don't get me wrong. There are times where it is difficult living mm -hmm. with somebody. You're going to have arguments um, that there are going to be times where it's hard. Sure. But it's not the hardest thing in the world. It's, it's incredibly joyful. And having that type of mindset of, Oh my gosh, it's so hard. It's so much easier when you're single. It's so much easier um, to, you know, to 
to not try for that harder job promotion. Just stay where you are. It's much easier. We overcomplicate things that oftentimes, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's discipline, there's difficulty, sure, but it's not that hard. It, you can do it. You're just not allowing yourself to. It's well, that's the argument too. It's it might be easier, but are you happy? Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt that you're. You 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 might you might feel like you're happy. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. nice. Like yeah, if I want to go buy this, I can. It's not gonna bring you meaning and that happiness is only going to last for x amount of time yep yeah and and i like how you talk about meaning and there's there's various degrees of meaning um you know my 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 son my daughter my wife um they have an incredible amount of meaning to me my dog has meaning to me too like that's that is a form of meaning it's just different varying levels of that and 20 year old self version of myself. I, I didn't have a wife or, or, or kids or anything like that. Um, and I could look at myself and yeah, just a night of PS2 or three or whatever, the, whatever I was playing back then. Um, yeah, it was fun, but was it really meaningful? Was it really, was it really impactful? Um, and you've got to look at yourself where you're at in life and truly realize like, is what I'm doing on a day in day out basis? Is it meaningful? And if it's not, what can I do about it? How can I change that? Yeah, well, I mean, and that ties back into kind of because you said, you know, you like how I talked about me. Well, that ties into kind of my foundational piece as a, as a therapist. You know, I, I love Victor Frankl's work in logotherapy is because it, not only did I live it myself, but if you ask the average person, like, think back to one of the most crucial and difficult times in your life. Is there anything meaningful that you can get from that? And most people would say mm-hmm. no, but I would argue that there is. Yeah. And it's being able to pull meaning from those aspects when life's unavoidable hardships and tragedies, because not no one deserves hardship in their life. Maybe about, yeah. maybe there's a couple people, maybe some Karens out there, you know, maybe they deserve it every now and then. But yeah, I mean, apart, you know, no one really deserves it. But, Sometimes we haven't done anything at all and it's thrust upon us. And that's mm-hmm. part of Victor Frankl's, you know, that, you know, foundation and why I try to exude that is, is the attitude that you take in life's unavoidable hardships and tragedies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you continue to have that, then any sense of happiness that you have, which happiness we shouldn't ever try to seek that out because mm-hmm. happiness is a fleeting emotion that can be easily taken away. Yeah. But if you have meaning in your life, if you have purpose, the things that mean the most to you, then nothing can be taken away and you can continue to grow and build from that. Yeah. And if you, if you always think back to the times in which you never thought that, Oh, I'll never get past this. I'll never, this is going to be the thing that does me in. But mm-hmm. yeah, we always seem to do that. We, there's always, somehow we always pull out, we, we make it. And that is why, you know, a a tree who has its roots firmly planted in hell can flourish in the heavens. And that those roots start in the home. They start in the community. You have to plant something somewhere and it has to be what is foundational pieces of who you are and what you believe in, in the community. 
And that all ties together to what we've been talking about this entire time. Yeah. I, I, when you're, when you're sharing that, um, two former clients of mine and and their stories that they came to mind, um, they were both in my, my, my previous job doing, doing group therapy and both were women, um, senior adult women that were unable to have children. Um, one was never married. Um, and then the other one was, was married, but some type of physical issue um, prevented them from having children. The one who was never married had very much this woe is me. Um, don't know if she ever said this, but, but you know, why did God curse me in this way? Mm-hmm. It's just this very um, negatively focused mindset. This other woman well, obviously, th- this came up uh, on Mother's Day weekend, and, and she was talking about how that's a difficult weekend for her because she always wanted to have children, and it mm-hmm. it was it's a struggle. So I appreciated her vulnerability, but then she shared this story of all of she volunteered in, in her church's uh, nursery for years and talked about all of the children that she had the chance of impacting for years and years, and just thought how striking these two very similar stories, but the outcomes incredibly different because she, this one over here, she found meaning. She was able to impact kids despite not having them on on her own. And I, I just, I will never forget the way she shared that story because it's just so important to find meaning. And like you said, in those very hard, difficult moments. Yes, you, you have to, because at the end of the day, the world owes you nothing. And I say yeah. that as a therapist who has has those hard days, too. There are absolutely days myself where I'm like, you know, F it, man, they, I'm done. Like, why do they get to have this? And I work hard. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's it, it, we all do that. We all fall into the sure. Why do they have that? I work hard and or, or, or why does this happen to happen to me? But the world owes you nothing. But if, if you go out and you try to seek, what do you have control of? And we talk about that in therapy. You can control what only you can control. And if any of your right. listeners are, have had therapy before, they probably are rolling their eyes right now. Because they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But it, it's tr- it truly is, if you think of, of what you do have control of, I'll bet you be, will be surprised of how much control over things you really do have. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's It's interesting. The more you dig into that. It's you find it on both levels. You find out how much you do have control over and it's more than you thought. And then you realize how little control you have and and how that's more than you thought. Both of those happen. And that's actually a really liberating moment because, you know, that kind of going back to uh, uh, presenting, you know, some of your, your beliefs and being open with that feeling, but realizing how they take that. I'm not responsible for that. I, I was responsible for sharing something that's liberating mm-hmm. to not have that weight. And it's also liberating to realize, you know what? I, I feel down today. I'm not in a great mood, but I'd probably feel better if I go take a walk. That's liberating. That That's a good thing to have that realization. Yes. That, 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 that understanding of what Carl Jung discusses as the, describes as the, the shadow self, mm-hmm. knowing that part of you that, and when it comes up and how it manifests, that part of you of when you're feeling like a decent day and when and maybe you decide, you know what, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm, I'm at least going to go down the street to the gas station and get a soda. 
but you get your keys and then I don't know if you felt this, but you get your keys and you, and you're going to go to your car and there's like a switch and you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to go. I'm not. Gonna. Yeah. It's, I got to get in the car, start the car back up, uh-huh. drive two minutes down the road. Oh, it's so much work. And uh-huh. it feels like it's just so intense. And, and, and that's what I describe with my clients. It, and the reason why I use that um, example is because that's what it was like for me you know, when I tried to, you know, understand that part of myself and that, that shadow self of, yeah that part of you that wants to take control. But that's the thing is the shadow is only a shadow. It is not the thing that is being cast on you. Mm. You are casting on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exactly it. And I mean, what, what you described there is extremely typical. Um, and, and I've had similar things in my own life. Um, but definitely those that are struggling with depression, mm-hmm. very, very typical. no, you can't do it or ah, I'll do it tomorrow or um, why even show up today there? You're just going to get fired anyways. What, whatever those, those thoughts that, that come in very, very common. But if we accept that as truth, when it's really not, we're, we're just feeding into that. We're making it that much worse. And yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I try to really, inject into clients of okay let's really evaluate that is that is that true is that true that it is a ton of work to go to two miles down the road or whatever i can't do it i mean there's some level of effort but yeah we we can do it and there are that time those times that we just have to push through and that's not fun but it's better on the other side absolutely it's and I, I always say this phrase to my clients, but you know, what is the most minute behavior change that you can make? Yeah. The most minimal thing that you can do. And let's just start with that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I expect you to do it every single day. And next time we meet, Hey, did you do it every time? No, no. Try it once this week. Yeah. And even if you're not in therapy and you're in your, and you feel like you're trying, like your life is a mess, but you don't know how to put it together. To start with that, what is the most minute thing that I can do? Can I put dishes away? Yeah. Can I make my bed? Can I can I go to bed at the same time every night? Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's something I, I've really appreciated from my um, from my pastor. Um, every December during our um, kind of church meeting, we talk about Bible reading plans and things like that, which are great. Um, my, my wife and I try to do it every year. Of, trying to read through the Bible in a year. I encourage anyone that um, is interested in do that to do that. I think it's a great, great thing. One of the issues is though, is if you get so caught in on, well, it's January 21st, I have to get done my 21st of January reading. If I don't, then I'm a terrible Christian or whatever it may be. And we get into that trap. Well, now it's the 28th and I'm still on the 20th. I might as well just give up. And you kind of lose the the meaning there of of trying to read through scripture and uh, my my pastor has a plan that he always gives us every year um and it might have an official name but he says something along the lines of just check the box he's if you check three boxes a day then you get done in a year if you check one box you get done in three years if you just check all of them, eventually you'll get through it. If that's five years or 10 years, but you're checking the boxes and you're getting there. Um, and, and I love that approach because 
it's not about getting it done in the year. Um, that's great if you do, but it's about doing something. It's about getting that step closer. And you can take that not just in Bible study, but with anything. Even I've even had a, a client where putting the dishes away was too much. Well, can you do a dish? Can you do a plate? One I dish. Bet you can do a plate. Yeah. It's incredible how that one plate can really change things. Yeah, absolutely. It's that, uh, what is it? If you, if you, imp- if you improve yourself point four point two percent each day in four years, you will be a hundred percent improved. But if you do things to increase what I, what I've called in groups is taking stock in you. If you invest in yourself, okay, I, I'm going to make my bed every day. Okay. Now I'm going to go to the gym. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to go out. Uh, and, and it's just small things that scheduling your days for the type of days that you want to have. Yeah. And if you keep improving yourself, that length of time for to be a hundred percent improved significantly shortens. So if you continue to take stock in yourself, if you check those boxes and they're, they, they're, they're things that you, that are meaning to have meaning to you, then there will be that day. And I, and I have yet to find one person who has tried this approach and it didn't work where there's mm-hmm. one day where they're just like, you know what? Things are fine. Feeling yeah. okay. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to a little bit of an earlier conversation of when it comes to depression, anxiety, kind of those big things. I, I have a couple different viewpoints on this. In today's culture, I think it's a whole lot easier to say, hey, I need to talk to somebody. I need to go to a counselor. Mental health is a bigger deal. And to that, I think that's good. I think that's a good mm-hmm. thing that we're kind of encouraging that. The negative is, is I think it's become such a common part of the culture. It's, well, particularly for our young kids or 14 year olds, it's like, well, I have ADHD, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, I'm taking this pill and taking that pill. And I don't want to get into, you know, can't take any medications or, or that there's not mm-hmm. real diagnosis. Yes, there are. But that's becoming an identity. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be anxious. Are you? Are, are you really? Or are you just telling yourself that? No, yep. No, I agree. The The best way I think I've, I've heard it um, expressed is I am not depressed. I, or I am not depression. I am depressed. Mm. I am not anxiety. I have I have anxiety. But the yeah. thing about that is there can be absolutely debates of where things may, may or may not be a part of your life for the entirety of your life, but it does not, it is not your identity going back right. to who are you? It is not your identity. If you make that your identity, then you use it as a crutch and it will destroy the rest of your life and ruin opportunities that you could have. Yes. Oh, I yes. can't go out with them. I got anxiety. Well, yeah, that, that could have been a great person for your life. Yep. Yeah. And because you didn't try to min- not minimize the anxiety, but lessen it and help yourself. Yes. You're only doing more harm than good. To take this into a full on uh, get people mad at us mode. I, <laughs> that's where I see with the uh, with the gender ideology today. Are is there a um, 
demographic that legitimately struggles with their gender identity. Sure. Like that mm -hmm. we've known about transgenderism for a very long time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm hard pressed to think that every single person that has struggled with their gender has just been trying to make it up for attention. I think there's a legitimate pocket there. Um, albeit much, much smaller than what we see today. Um, but legitimate issue there. But just like you're saying there, uh, clearly that's it's wrong. Like when you can throw the intersex stuff, the, the, and the mm -hmm. people will say that um, really yeah. just to kind of win some points. Uh, that's a graduation. You, you Googled things one time. <laughs> exactly. That is a genetic disorder. And mm -hmm. do we need to be kind to those people? Sure. And there's some very tough decisions, but that's not the debate. And they know that, that that's really not what the debate is. It is clear as day when somebody's genetic makeup is not matching how they view themselves, that that is a mental issue. And, and it's the very, very is, clear. The thing is, too, with that is so there is a diagnosis called body integrity identity disorder where you wish to chop off and you feel that you would live a healthy life by removing a healthy part of your body. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that everybody who suffers with as what it used to be called, I believe, in gender dysphoria. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, it, that everybody going through that and is going to go through an entire transition, but you wish to remove a healthy part of yourself. Yep. But the thing is you cannot accept yourself for who you are. And so you have to pretend to be someone else. And that is why you will never be happy. Now, yeah. the only caveat I have to that is yes, there are people who go through this and go through a transition and they can live happy lives. But that is a very, minute demographic in comparison to the explosion of this trend yep. that is more harmful than what we have yes. seen any trend be. And I call it a trend because it simply is a trend. It was a trend when I was growing up to be emo and I will, yeah. I, it is the same exact thing right now, uh, except it's significantly more harmful. Yeah, no doubt. Because, um, you know, we we're fairly similar age groups. Um, mm -hmm emo goth all, all that stuff um every school had that yep. and i mean there's probably some that are still in that scene but not many yeah, i very, get it very I was into my chemical romance you know i when they when they got back together and we're gonna go on tour i was fangirling it up i was like where's my skinny <laughs> jeans where's my uh um, where's my um belt at and my studded belt you know i i was right there but i i still know who i am and that's right. the thing is we have seen it in significant studies. There have been longitudinal studies that those involved in that type of, I'll even say experience, even if they have a supportive family and they have supportive friends, mm -hmm. and even if they have a work environment that accepts them, they're still so depressed and, and have higher rates of suicide. Explain yeah. to me then if even if you have support around you, why you life why your life still feels so empty and meaningless you have everything that you desire and yet you still have no meaning in life and you still have no identity yeah yeah it's got to be something else uh, absolutely and, and that is going going back to the hills to die on um 
fighting that ideology um, to you call me transphobe, whatever it may be, but um, to actively inject that worldview onto children it is as evil of a thing that I've ever seen in, in my life. And um, yeah, that that is an issue that I cannot just be quiet about. I, I remember when the DSM-5 came out and some of the the language on transgenderism just it's we're, we're shifting and i'm extremely hard pressed i don't know when six may come out Ugh, very hard pressed it's gonna, to be, think it's that gonna that's, be a wreck when it does exactly I, I don't see how it can't that just the way that things are going and that's again this is it's, it's such a fundamental issue because it's so basic it does not take a psychologist to understand again what what is a woman um and again this this is a very very dangerous horrible horrible ideology and that incongruence of i'm a woman i'm a man um and it, and it goes and that's the thing too that i trying to educate some people about with the whole pronoun type of thing it goes deeper than that you could even say fine i'm i'm cool with people transitioning um but there are just males and females. No, no, no. It goes way. I mean, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be. I saw a video the other day about clown self or something. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's limitless. And uh, Pennywise we, self. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, live live your life. But as I said before, the world owes you nothing. Yeah. I I am not. I do not have to be. I do not have to be, you know, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Gestapoed into believing your, you know, delusions, and yeah. and and people might uh, to my point that I I was trying I forgot to make earlier that with body integrity identity disorder, we treat that and we say, hey, you know, that's bad that you want to do this. Yeah. We need, okay, let's do some C, let's do some CBT, well maybe medication. Let's figure out what's wrong. But if somebody yeah. wants to do that at a young age, hey, well, let's go for it, bud. And the other part of this is people might say, oh, you're transphobe or whatnot. No, no. I would argue that I significantly care for these people more than you do Absolutely. because you are trying to give in them and guide them down a path that will not lead to any sort of good. Is there a likelihood yes. that it could? Yes, but it is minimal. Yes. Uh, yes, but uh, absolutely. And that is... I, I look at my kids and honestly, that's kind of my big um, motivation because like you, you're not going to tell my daughter she's a boy. That's just that's it's not going to happen. And if you do, then I've never been in a physical like fist fight before. But that would be my first time. Like, no, you, you're not going to do that to my kids. Um, so that protection towards them. But. I try to limit the amount of videos that I watch on this because it really does just make me sad to see some of these little boys that like yeah. I saw one a while back, a little bit of TikTok type of video, little boy that's like three that didn't want his hair cut. So they're going to transition him. I mean, just I think I saw that. Yeah, it's absurd. I mean, yeah. what little boy wants their hair cut? Like they want to run it, around it, and do things. It's, it's going to be fascinating, too, because. Hopefully this trend doesn't continue, but if it does, partnership, because at the end of the day, no matter how feminist you are, 
you want a man at the end of the day. If you want a man, you want somebody to provide, to protect. Yep. Yeah, um, I can give kind of, and my, my best example of this ever is when my best friend and I were younger, he was, uh, he was on and off again with this very, very liberal girl. And by on and off, I mean, they were only really hooking up, but, mm -hmm. um, so I, I lived in Ohio at the time and he, he lived, uh, in Kentucky and he called me up and he was just dying laughing. And so in Ohio, particularly in Cincinnati, there was, uh, there's been some things that have happened in Ohio, particularly around race and things. And mm -hmm. she lived downtown and she called him up one day saying, I'm, I hearing, I'm hearing a lot of shouting and some gun blasts outside of my apartment. Can you come and just like stay with me for a little bit? And he's like, Oh no, no, those are your people. <laughs> that's what you want. You can sit there and stay. You should feel really comfortable. I'm not coming down there. Those are your people. And, and, and that's just where it makes me think of that. And so if we continue yeah. with this degradation of men and, and, yes. and trying to, it's the same thing as I wake when in the early two thousands, if there was a hyper boy, he was a bad kid mm -hmm, or whatnot, mm -hmm. or he had ADHD. Yep. And now it's okay though. So the, the feminization of men. So women that yes. want men, what's going to happen when they actually want to be with somebody they want yeah. a man. Well, your pool that used to be vastly large, it could shrink a lot and it could get yeah. real depressing real quick. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of, a. uh, uh Mike Tyson quote of uh, everyone's got a plan until that they, they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> it, it's all good when things are fine. There's no conflict. But you're right that you can be as big of a feminist as you want. But the beauty of two sexes that my wife is so much better at connecting emotionally with my children. So much better. Um, they, they, when there's a boo-boo, she is there and it's wonderful. I'm so glad. Um, but the relationship I have with my son, especially my wife will never have, um, we're, mm -hmm. we're wrestling, we're throwing each other. I mean, just all that, that fun stuff and neither's better than the other. They're yes. just, they're different and we need both. Men need women and women need men. Yes. And I can't remember where I heard that, but it, it was one of the most, pure things that I ever heard. It's just men need women and women need men and men need women because realistically they civilize us. Yes. <laughs> they help it. And then men are there to provide and protect. And there are different ways to do that. I'm not saying that, Hey, you need to go out there and, and I'm not trying to be like, uh, Andrew Tate right now and be like, you yeah. gotta get out there and drink some water. <laughs> I can't do his accent. But, uh, yeah. If I have some water, and uh, but whatever man <laughs> but yeah i'm not saying like get out there and, and go like get to the gym and, and things like that like you can provide and be and have strength in different ways sure but regardless there are certain innate qualities of being a man that are needed in a home and that's why yeah. once again men need women and women need men and, and you bringing up andrew tates i think a, a really good point there's a reason why so many young men have gravitated towards somebody like him. Um, he has valid points. And then he has other stuff that is just absolutely ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah, yes, points. yes. And he's speaking into this void that, yeah, it. that's again where I, I 
pivot back to, I know you've made the point of, of, of your home. It, instead of them listening to Andrew Tate, why, why don't you be the voice? Why, yeah. why don't you step in there? Um, it's so, so important. But yeah, as long as men are not important at all, and in fact, not only are not important, they are evil. Um, we're we're going to see more and more to, of that. I mean, that's why there's been movements and i don't know if you've heard it but like the the men go their own way type of movements now, yes where men are not not necessarily becoming incels but they're just like you know what i don't need a woman i can yeah. keep doing all the things i want to do and still be a man and not have to be shamed for it yes which which is which sad is, yeah it's it's not a good movement i'm no. not saying i support it but i mean it's that's what we drive to. And so we have to, I guess, just to kind of bring it all together and kind of like what we were saying is, you know, really build your foundation and you have yeah. to figure out what your values are and truly believe in those and stand firm to them. It's okay to have your mind changed on things. Sure. In fact, be open to it, but have a good reason to change your mind. Yeah. And if, as long as you continue to do that, be a decent person, not add any more hell into the world than there already is, then you are at least doing your part. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, to kind of kind of just wrapping this up here, um, if you had any type of advice, let's say especially for somebody that's like us, somebody that might be um, counselor in the psychology type of world, is more conservative. Maybe they're Christian, maybe not, but realizing there's this trend going on that is not good, but I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to cause conflict. I don't know what to do. What would you say? What What do you think they should do? Oh, it's very interesting being asked that question now from like this position, as opposed to yeah. normally I would be like someone asking that, like, but um, I, honestly, I would say, Know your home. And I say that from the sense of like how I said, like my home is in logotherapy and, but know what works and what has worked and don't be tried. Don't be fooled into thinking that, well, if you just affirm this person, that's the best mm -hmm. case of treatment. Be willing to ask those questions, but do it strategically. And even if it's not, if you, if you have to be so cloak and dagger about how you go about your work as long as you're not doing any harm yeah. and you, you stick to kind of the foundational pieces are our work, you know, Carl Jung, uh, Alfred Adler, and you know, all of these things, you'll continue to be a productive piece for in people's lives. Yeah. And, and, and stay true to the, to who you are. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong because, and it doesn't mean that, that they're right either. Who knows? Maybe in like two years, we'll there'll be a shift and they'll say like, you know what? This is the right thing to do. If they have solid evidence, which I would be surprised, but if there was, you know, then okay. Maybe I was wrong. But right now, I don't think that we are. And I think that yeah. as long as we continue to stick true to what we know works, and I'm not saying be that old fart that's like, well, this is the way that we've done it for years and we're never <laughs> going to change. Not like that. No. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Oh, you never want to be the smartest person in the room and you never wanted to, you don't want to become stagnant. Yeah. But there are proven things that have been proven to work for how many years. And so if you stick true to those things, 
and stay true to what you believe in and continue to be a productive person for people. People will continue to come and see you and people yeah. will believe in you just as much as you believe in them. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I, I think that is really solid. Um, what I would kind of add to that uh, really in conjunction with it is talking about towards the beginning of, of what our talk of those boundaries. Look at that for yourself professionally as well. What is, what is that boundary? If If your work is saying, you have to affirm XYZ's gender or, or whatever, and you you decide, no, that's that's a step too far. If that's what your decision is, stick with it. Mm-hmm. Th- there will be heartache. There, there will be. There, there, and I speak with that, not in the gender issue, but um, on, on the vaccine side of things. Yeah, that had a lot of stress in my life, no doubt about it. Um, but it was worth it because if I, I can live with a little bit of that stress and not knowing what my job's going to be for a little bit, but aside from all the, uh, the side effects and all, all of that stuff, but knowing I did something because I was coerced that mm-hmm. sticks with you. It is yeah. much better to suffer while standing on something solid than to get all the riches in the world. I mean, I mean, we can look at this in biblical situation. Judas got, he got 30 pieces of silver. He got paid. But what was it worth it? <laughs> Clearly not. Job. The book yeah. of Job. And Job's life, everything was taken from him, but yet he still stayed faithful and was re- rewarded seven times. Yes. And I tried is a hell of a lot better than I wish I would have. Yes. Because yes. then at least uh, you can take solace in the fact at night and lay your head down peacefully knowing that you tried versus... I really wish I would have done that. Absolutely. So all about courage um, in general, um, finding ways to show courage. And it it can simply just be saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And okay maybe that's all no. you do. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just, you know what? I don't feel comfortable calling you what whatever pronoun. I'm just, I'm just going to say, how you doing? <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't have to go too much more complicated than that. Absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. And, and, you know, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure and getting to know you and, and have this conversation and hopefully we can yeah. do this again in the future. Absolutely. So Brad, I'll, I'll kind of leave it with you as far as where, where people can, can find you and interact with you more. Yeah, so um, my channel's name is uh, Rethinking Madness on YouTube, and then um, you can find me at Rethinking Madness on Twitter as well. And then uh, I would say on TikTok, but I, I don't even post there anymore now just because it's, <laughs> it's become too dangerous. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, find me there and look at my work. And if you can, hey, I just appreciate anybody that views you. If you don't like my stuff, but at least you give me a view and, and let me know what you think, that means the world to me. Yeah. That, that that take that mindset too of like yeah if you dislike it if you want to call me a transphobe do it i i don't delete comments like no i appreciate your comment absolutely um, man cool all right well thank you so much for being on with us brad and, and everyone feel free to check them out thank you the last word today's last word is humility Now, this is a word that all of us have probably used, and it's a word that I think we all have a decent understanding of, but it's also a word that gets misused pretty often. 
The reason why I use this word for the last word segment today is because, as I said earlier, this is birthday season for, for myself and my household. We just got a lot of birthdays, so we're talking about celebrations of self, the, the selves of myself, my wife, and, and my dad in this case. But every birthday is celebration of a life. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's that's a pretty good thing to, to celebrate the lives of loved ones that, that you have. But I think all of us would agree that we live in a culture that is very selfish in nature, and, and we elevate the self too high. You can look at opposite cultures, um, particularly Eastern cultures and, and China, Japan, Korea, places like that. And they tend to have a very collectivist type of culture that the group matters more than the self. Now, there are some pros and cons to that. There, there are pros in that you're not going to be super selfish if you are caring for other people in your family, if you care about not just your family, but also your country as a whole, your, your community as a whole. That's a very good thing. I think that's a very good thing to emphasize. But we can also see where if I lose the self too much, then you get extra pressures in life and you, you, you may downgrade yourself to a degree that's not very helpful. Now, in our culture, we are dealing with unprecedented levels of depression and, and suicide, quite frankly. And that's really, really sad. And, and you might hear me say, well, I just said our culture is kind of selfish. So isn't that going to lead people to think even worse of themselves and then lead them to, to be more depressed, to, to have the potential to commit more suicide? And I could see where somebody might think that. But I believe that they're wrong for, for a few reasons. One goes into the definition of humility. I can't remember where I've heard this and where this originates from or the, the correct quote of this, so I'm going to butcher it a little bit. But I've heard a great definition of humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So what do I mean by that? Thinking less of yourself means, boy, I'm just an idiot. I am dumb. I got a bad grade on that test. I just am the worst. Or I got fired from my job. I am not a good provider for my family. I, I'm just a failure. You see that? We're, we're putting ourselves down. But that's not humility. Sometimes we look at humility and that we think that just means downgrading yourself, throwing yourself down. Now, I would argue if that's what you think that I'm saying, then yeah, that probably would lead to increase of depression and, and suicide. And I'm not advocating that. That Absolutely not. What I am saying, though, is that that's not humility. Because think about these examples here. I'm a failure. Look at how terrible I am. I, 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 I. You're thinking of yourself you're just thinking less of yourself. True humility means that you're not thinking of yourself as often. So that might mean, as crazy as this might sound, that might mean you have to think of yourself and take care of yourself because that ends up meaning that you don't think of yourself more often. Now, I realize that just sounded ridiculous, doesn't make much sense, but let me break this down a little bit more. Have you ever been on an airplane? On the airplane, everyone I've ever been on, they show you those oxygen masks that come down in case of an emergency, 
And what do they teach you? They teach you, if you're a parent, you put that on yourself first. Think of that. You got the oxygen, you put it on yourself first and not your kid right next to you. Man, you might be thinking, how selfish of you. You're not thinking of your child. What's wrong with you? No. What's the reason for that? The reason is for that is because you know how to put it on yourself. You got it on yourself. Now you're good to go. Then go take care of that kid next to you. Then go take care of that grandma across the aisle that's struggling with it. Take care of them. But if you take care of them first and then you start going down, now you can't breathe. Well, your kid's not going to be able to help you, right? They don't know how to do it. Take care of yourself first, and then you're able to help other people in that situation. When you do a really good job of that, of taking care of yourself, whether that might mean taking the medications that you need to take, going out and taking a walk, getting your spiritual discipline undermined, um, making sure that you're doing your daily Bible study, going to church if that's important to you, making sure that you get those things taken care of. Guess what? Your life, I'm not guaranteeing that life goes perfect, but by and large, you get into a good routine. You do these good, healthy things for yourself. You're not thinking of yourself as much as if your life is in a mess. Let's say I let my body just go. I'm not exercising. I'm eating bad. And then I look at myself in the mirror, think I look awful. What's wrong with me? That's not humility. It would be much more humble to actually take the time to recognize, yeah, I, I've got issues here. Let me go eat right. Let me go exercise, do things to make myself better. Then I get that confidence. And guess what? I'm able to help other people a whole lot better. When you make yourself a healthy level of priority, not, and again, I'm not saying to think of yourself to where nobody else matters. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying taking care of yourself in a healthy way in a very appropriate way that frees you up to care for others and to not think about yourself so often. So remember that when, when you're thinking about humility, when you're thinking about yourself, remind yourself, am I doing what I need to do to take care of myself? Are there things left in my life that I'm not doing or that I should be doing that would really be healthy for me? If there are those things and you're saying, well, I'm not doing it because that would be selfish, you need to be very, very careful. Being selfish means that I'm going to do something at the expense of somebody else. So if I have, um, I have some money and I am actively not giving it to somebody, not because it's not a... Uh, a, a helpful thing to do. You know, I'm thinking of situations where if there's a pain handler, then you might think, okay, is me giving them money? Is that really helping them? No, and I'm not talking about a situation like that. Let's say it's a family, a family member, a friend that you know that if I helped them out financially, that it would be a really good thing for them. It would be healthy. But I'm actively not doing it, not just because I don't think it would be healthy, but because I could step on them on the way up for success. Maybe if I don't help them out, then they're going to fail. And may maybe instead of a friend, maybe it's a coworker, maybe they will fail and I'll get that promotion instead of them. That's selfish. 
when I'm actively trying to push somebody down for my own gain. Simply saying that I'm going to go to the gym to take care of myself, that's not selfish. That's doing something that's a healthy activity. So again, I urge you to think of humility in a way of how can I structure my life to think of myself less, not think less of myself. That's a very big distinction. Thanks again for joining me on this episode of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. If you enjoyed this content and really want to help out the show, I have a couple things for you that you can do to, that can help. One, that would cost you absolutely no money and very, very little time. Give this video or if you're listening audio, this podcast, a five-star review or on video, giving it a like, sharing this video, subscribing. That really doesn't take much of your time and it really goes a long way towards helping with the algorithms and, and spreading this show. So I really, really would appreciate that. Another way, as I mentioned in the water cooler segment, please visit my website, truthgracecounselingpodcast.com. You can help out in several ways there. There's a donate button if you want to just do a straight donation. Also, the merch shop, like I mentioned, I've got my, my mug here like I showed and the coaster, a few other items there for sale. That really, really helps. And then also look at the, the good stuff section. There's some pretty pretty cool content on there. And that's not a done deal. I'm always going to be adding things to that, especially of different guests that I have along the way of different books and things like that that they might have. So clicking, clicking on those links doesn't cost you a dime aside from the item that you would like to buy anyways. So all of those are great ways. But again, I emphasize like, subscribe, give five-star reviews. That doesn't cost you anything, and it really, really does help the show. So again, I appreciate you, and I'll catch you on the next episode.